Psalm 47. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. For the Lord Most High is awesome. Amen? He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the shout of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations, amen? God reigns, our God reigns. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together. The people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted, amen? Amen. All right, we're going to do an exercise. Everybody stand up. We're going to practice. We're going to get warmed up. Everybody stand up. All right, everybody put your hands out like this. All right, now bring them really close together so that they hit each other. All right, we're going to clap our hands. All right, now let's try this. Everybody open your mouth. All right, ready? On the count of three, we're going to shout hallelujah, okay? We're going to practice. We're going to warm up here, all right? All right, one, two, three. All right, we're, we're, we're warmed up. Are you ready to go? We're ready to clap our hands and shout. Let's get going. All right, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you are holy, holy. You are holy. You are holy. Father, we declare it, but Lord, we're not the first to declare it. The angels have declared it for eons. Holy, holy, holy. Those around the throne are constantly declaring holy, holy, holy. Father, we desire to join in and say you are holy, holy, holy. Say that with me. Holy, holy, holy. Say it again. Holy, holy, holy. Lift your hands. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is, who was, who is to come. You are holy. Worship you, Father. We worship you, Lord God. We praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's interesting. This last week, I was listening to a teaching of a young man that I'd never heard preach before. He's actually a relative of mine. And... Uh, he, it was his first sermon, his first public sermon. And uh, he made a statement. I had never heard it before. There is only one word in the Bible that was ever repeated three times in a row. Guess which one it is? Isn't that interesting? There's only one. That's only, it's the only word. I mean, I haven't researched it. I haven't double-checked. I haven't fact-checked him. But it's very interesting, isn't it? It's the only word ever used in the Bible, three times in a row, of all the words that could be used, holy, holy, holy is the only one. Why? Because He is. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Because He is. He is holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today is a very interesting day. It's very interesting because... Um, I have absolutely no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. 
that's easy for you to say. You're sitting over there. <laughs> there aren't a bunch of people expecting something to happen, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Is God a liar? I love it. I knew what question I was going to ask. You didn't know what question I was going to ask. I was watching your faces and you're, I'm going to ask you a question. Everybody goes, okay. Is God a liar? <sighs> just, it was funny because everybody's face just all of a sudden hardened. No, God's not a liar. Well, I'm glad you answered that way. Because that's true. The Word says God is not a liar. He's not a liar. He's not a man. Who should lie? When God says something, He means it. When God says something, He means it. It also says, the Word says that when Jesus was on the earth, Not one word that he spoke. One, not one word that he spoke fell to the ground. You know what that means? It's that when he said something, he meant it. When he declared a thing, he meant it. He wasn't joking around. I actually think when he was, even when he was joking around, he wasn't joking around. Now you might think, did, did Jesus joke around? Did, jo did Jesus ever joke around? Positive he did. I'm positive he did. I'm positive he, had, he, was, he, was a, he was a human being in every form. And he was full of joy. People loved being around him. I heard somebody say one time, you know, Jesus did not go... Or like a lot of the, the, the pictures that we see painted from the Renaissance. And so, you know, he's, he's about three inches off the ground and he's hovering, oh, glowing. Little kids ran to him. You know, if you, if you have a guy hovering three inches off the ground, glowing, oh, little kids aren't running to him. <laughs> Thousands of people are not following him. They're just like, whoa, stand back. Something's crazy. They, you know, the, the Pharisees weren't afraid to come up and test him. They were, he was a man in every way. But it says that not a word that he spoke ever fell to the ground. So, as a man, he had all the characteristics of a man. He, he cried, right? We know that the Bible says he cried. You know that he had opportunity to doubt. Why? Because the devil tempted him and said, did God really say? You know, he'd quote scriptures and say, well, is this, is this what it really meant? He had opportunity. It wouldn't have been a temptation had, he not, had it not been a real temptation. Had he not had opportunity to doubt what the Word of God said about him. He got mad. Love that part of him. Love the path, you know, that he got mad and started whipping people. Not that I want to, but some days, some days I do. I just want to beat somebody up. That's why I do crop. That's right. The other night, this had nothing to do with the sermon, but just thought of it. We have a guy, he's uh, bigger than me. Yeah, his name is Big Sean. He stands about six, five, six, six. He's about 40, 50 pounds heavy, and everybody's afraid of him. So we were doing a technique, and he goes, well, nobody can do it to me. <laughs> so I literally tackled him, put my shoulder into his hip, grabbed his knees, pulled his knees out from under, and I rode him to the ground. <laughs> I did not get flagged. No, no, no. He hits the ground, knocks the wind out of him. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, and he's like, all of a sudden he starts laughing. He goes, oh, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I do too. 
let's do it again. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the sermon, but sometimes you just feel like beating on somebody. And you just wait a second, this is church. You're not supposed to say stuff like that. No, Jesus did it. He just got so upset with their unbelief. He got so upset with their false religion. He got so upset with their lies. He got so upset. He's like, you are not going to act this way anymore. I'm not letting you act this way. I'm not going to let you be hypocrites anymore. Get out of my house. He took a whip. Started flipping tables. Wow. It says that that was even prophesied. The zeal of the Lord for my father's house. He was a man. He had, he had all of the characteristics of a man. But when he spoke, he meant it. Just like his father. Jesus didn't lie either. When he spoke, there were times when he spoke and people fell down because of the power of his words. In the Old Testament, we've just been reading through the Old Testament. We're in, we're in Numbers. How many are excited about being in Numbers? Woo-hoo. Well, at least we're out of Leviticus, yes. Our reward for getting through Leviticus is Numbers. <laughs> and after Numbers is? Deuteronomy. I love the faces there too. If you, oh, I didn't know it was a pop quiz. I remember this from fourth grade. I had to memorize the Bible. Verses in the Bible. Deuteronomy. It's all. It's just as fun. Just as fun as numbers. Like somebody said, you know, it's a bunch of numbers and people whining. The Israelites were whining this week as we're reading through the Bibles. We're reading through numbers. They're whining. They're whining about having to go into the, to the promised land. They're whining about not getting, getting to go into the promised land. They're whining about who's the leader. They're whining about who's not the leader. My goodness, people. That's not what this is about today. I'm not, not yelling at you guys. I'm just showing that they're just, it's just real. And God said, go into the promised land. Ten people talked him out of it. Over 600,000, 800,000 people were following Moses. Ten of them talked everybody else out of the, the blessing and the promises of God. They'd have followed their leaders. They would have followed them. But only two got to go in. You know, the part that makes me a little nervous is that Moses didn't go, get to go in either, did he? It's a very sobering thought for a leader. It's a very sobering thought for a pastor. That you could disobey God and miss the plan and purpose for your life. You could, you could do the whole thing right. Man, he did year after year after year after year right. He obeyed and obeyed and obeyed. He went and he said and he did and miracles and signs and wonders. and He did everything right. He did one thing wrong and he couldn't go in. That is a sobering, Sobering thought. Because God's not messing around. What did Moses get in trouble for? Do you remember what Moses... This is We haven't read this part yet in the Old, the Old Testament. Do you remember what he got in trouble for? Nope. He didn't get in trouble for striking the rock. He didn't represent... He didn't obey the word of the Lord. The action was just the action. Where he failed was he didn't believe that God said, God said, speak to the rock and it will pour out water. And he didn't do that. He didn't trust that God said, speak to the rock. Because that's crazy stuff. I mean, crazy is hit the rock and water comes out to, to water millions of people and their flocks and their... But now God told him to speak to the rock. Go even further. Step out even further. Just speak to it and it will put forth water. Moses wouldn't, didn't believe him. He didn't believe it. He wouldn't do it the way God said to do it. He wanted to do it the way he wanted because he was ticked. And he struck the rock. That's sobering to me. That we can do almost everything right. 
and we miss it because we don't believe it. We don't believe the word of the Lord. We can go just, oh man, they were right there. You know, his consolation was he got to go to the top of the mountain and look across the Jordan and see the promised land. Now, okay, he's still Moses. He's still going to have a great place in heaven. Everybody talks about him. Amazing guy. But he didn't get to do the one thing that he really wanted to do. Go into the promised land. I don't know about you, but I want to go to the promised land. I want to go to the promised land. And you know what? Here's the deal. The promised land is not heaven. Do you know that? The promised land is not heaven. The promised land is whatever God promised you. The promised land is a type and shadow. It's a, it, it isn't a place. It was a place for them. It was a real physical place with real physical giants and real physical walls and real physical cities and you know all the, all the things, real physical wild animals. But it was a type and shadow for you and I. God has made us promises. God has said to us, do this and do that. Go here and go there. Be this and be that. And at every step, I'm telling you every single step, you're going to be given reasons why not to do it. You're going to be given reasons why not to believe God. Jesus was. He had just been baptized. He had been obedient as a child. He had been obedient as a teen. He had been obedient as a young man. All the way up to his 30. 30th birthday, sometime after that, he was obedient to go to the river and be baptized by John. As he did that, miracles started happening immediately. The, the skies opened up, a dove, you know, the Holy Spirit descended, John saw it, landed upon him. A voice from heaven says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Follow him, listen to him. All these things that just proved who he was. And then he was led into the desert. He was led into the desert to be tempted of the devil. Who led him into the desert to be tempted of the devil? Do you know who's? The Holy Spirit led him into the desert to be tempted of the devil. Did you know that? Let me say it again because it's going to mess with your theology. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now the Bible says what? The Bible says that God tempts no one. He's not temptable. He's not, he's not, you're not able to tempt God, but, and He also doesn't tempt you. But you want to mess with your theology? I'm going to turn it up a little bit. He leads you to where you're tempted. He leads you into situations where you'll be tempted. Tempted what? Tempted. Mainly to de tempted to be to disbelieve. He gives you opportunity. He leads you into a place. I think I told you recently. I woke up one one morning a few weeks ago, and it, the, it, just before I woke up, I was having a dream. And in this dream, I heard a song. It, well, I wasn't seeing anything. I just I heard this song. I can't remember the, the I can't I know the the tune that I was it was put to but it wasn't the right words. The tune I heard was was it'll sound sort of like this but the words were I'll be testing you. I'll be testing you. And I heard it over and over and over. I knew it was the Holy Ghost. I'll be testing you. It was a very lighthearted tune. At least it wasn't I'll be testing you. It was like, I'll be testing. What, what is that? Worship leader, listen. Name that tune. From four notes. From four notes. Hey, I've seen people win money for less than that. Name that tune in one note. No. I don't know, it doesn't matter. You'll think of it in the middle of I'm just saying, I'm listening to that. I'm going, what in the world is that supposed to mean? Well, I know what it means. He'll be testing me. How will he test me? Do I believe what he said? Will I do what he tells me to do when he tells me to do it? Will I obey him? doesn't matter what anybody else does. 
Because it isn't about what anybody else does. It doesn't matter whether, De- whether Debbie is going to be obedient or not. She's not going to stand. I'm not going to stand in front of God for, you know, when, I'm, when I am judged, I'm not going to stand there for her. Praise God. Or for you, or for you. I won't have to stand in front of him for any of you. Except as a pastor, I have to stand in front of everybody for everybody. But that's a different level. My own personal obedience. If I do what I'm supposed to do, I'll be okay for what I was supposed to do for you. Does that make sense? You're not going to stand in front of God for your children. Praise God. You're not going to stand, you're not going to stand in front of God for your parents. But you are going to stand in front of God and give an account for what you did and didn't do. What you believed, what you believed and didn't believe. What you obeyed in. The children of Israel were judged immediately. Praise God for grace. We're in the age of grace. We don't, we're not judged immediately, right on the spot. Didn't obey, pfft, done. Or where we did just read this week was the earth opened up and swallowed them. They were like, well, we want to be the leader. He's like, all right, we'll see who's going to be the leader. Everybody who wants them to be the leader, go stand by them. Everybody who wants me to be the leader, come stand by me. All of a sudden, swallowed them all. That is freaky. Everybody who uh, obeys, or everybody who agrees with me, go sit on that side of the room. Everybody who doesn't, you know. Hello. That's crazy stuff. We're not judged that way now. We're given grace. We're given mercy. Father, I'm sorry I screwed up today. I didn't believe you today. But thank you for your grace and your mercy because I'm gonna, I want to I want to change. I want to re, I repent and I want to do it the right way now. And he forgives us of our sins. He forgives us of that failure to believe, that failure to obey, that failure to trust. Praise God for that. But he's not a man that he should lie. If he has told you something, well, how you go, well, how do I know if I to God? I've said this umpteen dozens times over the last 18 years. And I'll say it again, and you'll hear me say it again. If you don't hear the voice of God, I wouldn't take another step until you hear the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God, hearing God's leading in your life is the second most important thing you'll ever do. I mean, you can't even do the, mo- the first most important thing in the world without hearing the voice of God. You can't be saved. That's why anybody who tells me you haven't heard the voice of God, you're not, it's not true. If you're born again, you've heard the voice of God. You understood, I'm a sinner. I need a, I need a Savior. You've read in the Word. Here's how you get saved. You've heard somebody preach. That All of those things are the voice of God. So how, do you, how are you led day by day you're led by that same voice, that same, the Word of God, that inner witness, other people speaking things into your life. All of that is hearing the voice of God. If you don't hear the voice of God, if you can't trust that God is leading you and directing you, you need to stop. Because you're walking through a minefield with absolutely no help. Young people, Wow, I'm preaching the sermon early. I just realized. Peter asked me to preach in youth group in a couple of weeks. I'm hearing the voice of God. I'll get off it real quick. I won't won't steal anybody's thunder. But you need to hear the voice of God. You young people, you've got to hear the voice of God. If you don't hear the voice of God, you're in trouble. All of us old people went through parts of our life where we didn't listen to the voice of God. Didn't either, either know we could or we all know we should, or just didn't listen to him. I ignored him. It was stupid. People die for being stupid. And it's not God's fault. Oh, God, kill them. No, no, their stupidity did it. They were ignoring the voice of God. If God says stop, you stop. Wow, I like that echo. Stop! We need to get some stuff on the walls. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> some of the echo is awesome. We need to get some stuff on the walls. 
Like the floor. Isn't that cool? Awesome. Now, just to, I'm going to warn uh, all the parents with small children or medium-aged children or, yeah, or even the youth group. Any game where you think you can dive on this floor ain't going to happen anymore. You can. You can try it a couple times, but your clothing and your skin will get wrecked. <laughs> you're not going to slide. Somebody said this morning, you're not sliding into second base. No. You will, and it will stop. We were thinking, is it a little too rough? No, I like the fact that nobody's going to slip and fall in here. You know, you get winter, weather, wet, and you get water on here, it doesn't matter. You'll still stop. Praise God. And no more coffee stains. God is not a liar. You're thinking, where's the verses? You haven't read out of the Bible. How many of you have heard verses already this morning? I just didn't quote where they're at and what verse and what. All that, a lot of what I've been saying is Scripture this morning. Why? Because it has to be based on Scripture. Hearing the voice of God is about being based on Scripture. Doing what God tells you to do. Obeying the voice of God. Trusting Him. Trusting Him. The songs you we sang this morning were very interesting. I don't have a clock back there, so I have no idea what time it is. The songs that we sang were very interesting. It's about trusting God. You are holy. You are worthy. Great is our God. Trust Him. Believe Him. If He says you're healed, you're healed! Well, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. I'm not going to go into the details. This last week on Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning I had a symptom. I didn't even tell my wife. I haven't told anybody. I'm not going to tell you what the symptom was. I'm not giving it glory. I had a symptom on Tuesday morning. It was extreme pain. And immediately... I thought of, I'll be testing you. I'll be testing Because, not that God put the pain in me. Oh no, I know where the pain came from. That's the, that's the devil. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I woke up that morning and I had pain. I mean, it was pain. It was not just going, oh, I don't feel good. No, it was pain. And I had all kinds of options. I could start to fear. That was one of the thoughts that came into my head. I could start fearing. No, not going to fear. Why? Because my God is my healer. My God is the one who heals. He is our healer. I could, I could think, well, it's just the natural course of life. No, not the natural course. I am a supernatural being. I'm expecting the supernatural. Why should I expect the physical? Why should I expect the, the natural? I'm not a natural being anymore. None of us. If you're born again, you're no longer a natural being. You're changed. You're new. I've got pain. I mean, it's pain. It hurts. It hurts to do everything, to do anything. It just it was a constant reminder that I'm in, that I'm hurting. I had all kinds of things I could do. The first thing I did, I just when I realized what was happening, I went, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. Never told anybody. Didn't call anybody. Why? Because it's not anybody else's fight. That, that morning, it wasn't anybody else's fight. It was my fight. I could have called somebody. If I, you know, if I felt led to, I would have called. I'd have shared it with somebody, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to. I just felt like I need to stand. So I went on with my day. One hour passed, two hours passed, three hours passed, five hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, twenty, twenty-four hours passed. The next morning I wake up, pain. And it was constant pain. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like, ooh, 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 ow, ooh, you know. It was constant pain. I was like, okay, I have a right to start doubting now. In the natural, maybe, but I'm not natural. I'm not natural. I'm not natural. <laughs> We're supernatural. 
In the name of Jesus, you Satan, you get your hands off my body right now. You get away from you. Stop right now. Symptoms, your lying symptoms, you get off my body right this second. One hour passed, two hours passed, three hours. No relief, none. 24 hours passed, two full days, 48 hours, and I wake up the next morning and I'm in pain. I could have started feeling sorry for myself. Why hasn't God done what he said he would do? I did my part. Why, why am I still suffering? Oh Lord, why have you forsaken me? He hasn't forsaken me. Now, if I had died from that pain, he'd have had to answer for that, I think. Pretty sure. I'm not being, I'm not being, I'm just being honest. I didn't die from it. One hour, two hours, three hours, 15 hours, 20. I went to bed that night and I am still in the same pain I'd been feeling for two and a half days. Pain. Constant pain. And I went to bed that night going, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. Satan, you get your hands off of me right now. You have no right. Absolutely no right to this body. I woke up the next morning and it was less pain. And every thought went through, oh, but now you're in real trouble because your body's not responding to the pain anymore. Shut up. Satan, you're a liar. You are a liar. I am healed. 24 hours, three days, three full days. Where was I at? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday morning, I wake up. It only, it only hurt half as bad. And I start rejoicing. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you're going, well, yeah, it just ran its course. Uh-uh, not this pain. I'm telling you, this pain doesn't just run its course. I didn't go on WebMD to find out what, the, you know, what it meant. I knew what it meant. I didn't have to have somebody's opinion on how long it was going to last or what I needed to do to make it stop. I was like, no, absolutely not. I am healed. Woke up Friday morning, it was half gone. Saturday morning, almost completely gone. Today, no pain. You're going, well, yeah, you know, it just happened. I don't care how it happened. Because the pain I was having doesn't just go away. God heals. His word is true. What didn't, why didn't it happen the, the first time you prayed? I don't know. I don't care. It's not my deal to work this out. It's my, it's my deal to believe and to obey. Now, you might say, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't go to the doctor. But you, you're going, well, does that mean never go to doctors? That's not what I'm saying. I have to put that in there every single time. I kind of hate to have to do that, but you get it, right? I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. We've gone to the doctor for stuff. There's times when you go to the doctor. Absolutely, doctors are awesome. But they can only do so much. The doctor had already told me what I needed to do in case that ever happened. I already heard his opinion, her opinion, their opinion. Okay, thank you for your opinion. I know what the, the, the first time it ever happened, about three years ago, they told me what I needed to do to solve the pain. And they said, do you want to do that? I said, no, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I prayed about it and God said, I'm healed. <laughs> Funny. Okay. You can laugh. I'm healed. God's word is true. If he said something to you, he's doing it. It's happening. It's already happening. He's already, even if it's impossible, and I'm talking about impossible. It was impossible for the, the children of Israel to take the promised land. They did not. They were shepherds. They were slaves, shepherds. They had their kids with them. Do you know that the invading army, the, the Israelites, when they crossed over the Jordan, they went over with their children. That was their, they went over with their flocks. Here comes the invading army. Bah. 
Oh, they were formidable. Scary thing. It was impossible. Yes, there were giants. Yes, there were walled cities. Yes, it was impossible. There was wild animals. Yes, it's too much. It is way too much. If it isn't too much, it's not God. If it's impossible for you, you're on the right path. Believe Him. Believe, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. If you've had something where you've had opportunity to give up hope re- recently, grab a hold. Repent, grab a hold, and take another step. Move forward. You're not done. He's not done. You're not done. Don't give up. We're, we're moving. It's moving. God's moving. He is moving and it's exciting and it's one and you're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. Now is not the time to get cold feet. Now is not. We're closer today. You know, years ago, uh, God spoke something to my heart, told me he was going to do something that was impossible. Uh, it was impossible. It just because it had everything to do with everybody else's decisions. I had, there was so many other people that had to make a decision, the right decision, right decisions. It was completely out of my hand. And I, I wish I could tell you I walked through that perfectly. I've grown since then. My wife can tell you I didn't work through it perfectly. Because I did confide in her with this, and I put her through torture for six years. Because I'd go home, it didn't happen today. She's like, really? Why do I have to listen to this every time? I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'd go the next day, and I'd walk through the day, and come back. One day I came home, I was throwing stuff around the house. This woman is the most amazing human being in the world. She's put up with me through crap. God bless her. It was impossible. Other people had to make choices. And they were making the wrong choices in my mind. Huh. 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 Isn't that amazing? Long story short, it happened. Exactly like God said it was going to happen. Exactly. Word for word. Exactly the way it was. Six years later, it took six stinking years. Why couldn't he have done it day one? Why? Because he was testing me. Are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe me? Are you going to do what I tell you to do, even when it's impossible? Are you going to go where I tell you to go? Are you going to do what I tell you to do? Are you going to be who I've called you to be? Are you going to obey? If you're, if you're making the choice to not obey because you're afraid, it's the wrong choice. Kenneth Copeland said a number of years back, any decision that he has to make, and he's trying, and he's trying to make a decision, and he's, the only decision he can make is, is based upon fear, he doesn't make the decision. If it's about fear, not doing it. If I'm going to... If I'm gonna do this or do that because I'm afraid of, of what may or may not happen, it's the wrong answer. Don't do that. Whatever that is, don't do it. You do it out, you make every decision based on faith, truth, hope, life. I'm gonna share something with you. And I'm afraid to. So I'm gonna do it. Two and a half years ago, two years ago, Lord, two and a half, the Lord led us to start raising money to build this addition. And this sanctuary remodel is part of that process. When I began that, we've said that we're going to need 200,000 to start and 300,000 to finish. That's what's going to, it's going to be that. That's pretty much, when you look at everything that needs to be done, it's going to be 203. Two and a half years ago, it was impossible. In my mind, it was impossible. We were in a place, the church was in a place where we didn't have an extra 10 bucks, let alone an extra $300,000. It's impossible. I didn't want to do it. The Holy Spirit says, 
I told you to do it. I told you to get, all he told me to do is get up and, and cast the vision. Okay. I'll be foolish, crazy here, and cast the vision. Well, look where we're at. It, and it's taken two and a half plus years. Praise God. Okay. It takes time for God's word to come about sometimes. Ask Moses. 40 years. 80 years. Ask Noah, 120 years. Ask Abraham, 25 years. And all those things were impossible. It's going to rain. It's never rained before. It's going to rain. Every one of those guys, everyone, anybody in the Bible, God's told them to do something. They say it's impossible. And it's taken time. And you have every day to think, I don't know why I have to... I, this is foolish. I'm being mean dumb here. But I asked for 200000 I didn't want to ask for $200,000. I don't like asking people for money. I grew up during the 70s and 80s watching Christian television. There is such a bad taste in my mouth with people begging for money and asking for money for crazy things. I'm sick and tired of people getting up and crying because God's told me to ask for this much money and if you don't give it, we're going off the air. <gasps> Go off the air. I don't care. Please go off the air. You're making me annoy. You're just annoying the snot out of me. Leave us alone. Man, I just, back then as a kid, I'll never ask people for money. <laughs> Be very, very, very careful what you say you will never do. Be very, very quiet. Very, very careful. I'll never pastor a church. <laughs> oh, famous last words. I'll never, I'll never, yeah, whatever. Good luck with him. I'll never. Wow, must have hit a nerve on that one. <laughs> I'll never. I don't want to, I don't like, I didn't, I, I have not liked asking. I'm kind of excited, but it's like, wow, we asked people for money and look what God has done. He's blessed us, but in the midst of it, he's blessed us. He's blessed you as, as you've given. They all, people's increase, people have increased over the last two years. Glory to God. That's exciting. Well, last week I got a phone call. Can't tell you what the phone call's about. Well, I'm going to tell you part of it. i tell you what part of it is. I know. I know. I do that all the time. I do that all the time. I apologize. I'll tell you, I'll tell you most of it. I can't tell you all of it. This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Because we're raising money to build a building. We're raising money to, to do this. We're, we're planting 24 churches, which is now... Well, how many we got now? Five. Five churches. out of two, last, two years ago, we had three. Now we're at five. So I just, you know, said last week that Jonah had shared, Pastor Jonah had shared that they're going to plant another church, but I said I couldn't tell you where because he hadn't told his church. He told them last week. They're going to plant a church in uh, Amory, Wisconsin. And now he's going, okay, now what do we do? I don't know, just keep praying about it. I didn't, you know, just one step. They're going to plant a church in Amory, Wisconsin. His people said, okay, how much can we tell people? He goes, I don't care. He goes, well, I work in Amory. Should I start telling people? And he's like, whatever the Lord leads you to do. So I can tell you now, okay? So now there will be six very soon. It's moving. That's crazy. And we're raising money for that. And God's been on me. You know, the, a year ago, a little more than a year ago, a year and a half ago, I said that we were going to plant a church, but we needed $10,000 to, uh, to start this church because there's a whole bunch of stuff that makes it. And, and nothing happened. Nothing happened the first week. No money came in. No money came in the second week. No money came in the, no money came in the third week, fourth week, fifth week. Weeks are passing by. I had shared the vision. That's what I was supposed to do. I was, I was obedient. And nothing happened. Nothing. I actually had two different people come up to me and go, did you miss God? I was like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> did I miss? They said, we've prayed about it. And the Holy Spirit told us not to give anything. I think I heard from God, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I heard from God, yeah. Ah, we don't know what we're supposed to, you know, I would love to give towards that, but the Holy Spirit said don't give anything. Six weeks passed, seven weeks, nothing, nothing, nothing. Eight weeks, nine weeks, I'm thinking, oh, crud. Did I miss God? Ten weeks, eleven weeks, nothing. All of a sudden, one day, one person gave all of it. Ten thousand dollars. Boom. 
I heard from God. I heard from God. <laughs> that happened to me one other time. I knew we were supposed to go on a series of mission trips back in 2007. This was 2006. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and says, you're going to go to England seven times next year. Go to England seven times. I spent over two months in England that year. At that time, the church was even worse situation. We had no money, none, no extra. We were sucking wind. It was bad. It was terrible. My wife does the book. She goes, I said, I think I'm supposed to go to England seven times this next year. And she goes, yeah, right. She goes, with what? We have no money. I have no money. We know the church has no money. We don't have any money. I was like, oh, I'm just going to put it out there. Father, you said I needed to go to England. Whatever. One night we're sitting in our living room watching TV. We're being really spiritual. We're watching TV. And there's a knock on the door. And I was going to get up and answer it. And the Holy Spirit said, sit down. Let Deb answer it. I was thinking, yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Go answer the door. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. I'm just teasing. <laughs> he, and Debbie jumps up. She goes, I'll get it. And goes to the door. Opens the door. I hear the voice. I know who it was. person said, I was praying last night, and the Holy Spirit told me to give this to Pastor John. He can use it any way he wants, however he wants. She said, okay, door shut. She, I hear a, a letter open. I hear an envelope open. She opened my letter, by the way. Just, just baby, uh, She opened my... Open, and I hear, and she goes, oh my gosh. Walks in, hands me the envelope, hands me the, the thing that was in the envelope. It was a check for $10,000. I said, she goes, I think you're going to England this next year. <laughs> I was like, I think I am. So I got a phone call this last week talking to a minister friend of ours. And he goes, I've been praying about something. And he says, this is crazy. This is really crazy. But as I've prayed about it, I'm, I was supposed to call, call me and ask you to be a part of it. I was like, all right. And he goes, I'm supposed to buy a TV station. I said, my first thought was good luck. Have at it. Yeah, you're supposed to buy a TV station. You know, this is starting to get really weird because, okay, now we're talking TVs, talking about being on TV stuff. Yeah, yeah, get the hair, the big hair. I, don't, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't look good in all white suit, you know. I just, with a comb, you know, with the, the ascot. Is it an ascot? That's the... He goes, I've been praying, and I'm, he says, I'm, I'm supposed to buy a TV station. And I'm, he says, I was praying about it, and he says, you're the second, he says, I'm supposed to call three other people, you're the second one. Would you pray about being a part of it? And I said, sure, I'll pray about it. Why not? No skin off my back, I'll pray about it. Okay, God. As we're talking, I hear the number $200,000. In my spirit, I hear $200,000. I was thinking, <laughs> That's hilarious. But in my spirit, I also hear, why not? Okay. Because I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's impossible. It's just crazy even talking about it right now. Because people can say, well, I won't even say it. You, got, you get it. Oh, here we go again. Now a TV station. I'm telling you, it's nuts. But why not? Because only God can do it. If it's supposed to happen. If it's I haven't heard of thus saith Lord, it is going to happen. All he did was I got the phone call and I heard a number, $200,000 in my heart. Okay. I'm not going to make it happen. That 200000 just like that 10000 just like the 10000 just like the 200000 just like any of it, it's going to be God. Either it's God or it's not. Our part is to step out. Winning the, 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 the promised land was not the Israelites' thing. It wasn't their responsibility to win. It was their responsibility to step across the Jordan. It's not my responsibility to do anything, to finish anything, to start anything. It's my responsibility to take a step 
of faith to do what he tells me to do. This morning I woke up and I knew from the time I woke up I was supposed to talk about this today. I'm like, ah, what the heck? Why not? Okay. Okay, God, $200,000. Then we can say we're in. It's one-fourth. The price is $800,000. That's a cheap TV station. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just commit this unto you. If this is your deal, I'm not even, I'm not even positive it is. All I know is the offer was made. That number came to my heart. Okay. I'm just going to be, I'm going to step out. Crazy stuff. Here we go. In the midst of everything else. All right, Lord. We commit it unto you. $200,000. Your will be done. Your will be done. Not my will. Not us. It's not us. Relax. It's not us. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Somebody, somewhere, if it's the Holy Ghost, will do what they're supposed to do and we'll all, we'll all cheer. It'll just, we'll just... And if it doesn't happen, no skin off our back. We just keep moving with what he has told us to do. Because I know he told us to do the 24 churches. Can't get out of that one. I know he said to do this remodel. Can't get out of that one. This one, all I can say is, okay, Father, I ask you for $200,000. For to buy a television station, give me a break. That's not a lack of faith. That's just being human right there. Okay. Your will be done, Father. And with that, John Logan's going to come up and receive an offering. And uh, <laughs> knock it out of the park, John. Here it is. Go for it. Enjoy. All right. Well, ushers, if you can get the uh, extra large offering envelopes ready. So we're going to need them today, apparently. All right. Well, I'll just tell you a story. Well, they're getting that ready. A few years ago, well, not even a few, a couple of years ago, I had a dream. And I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the short version. I was working in a factory or a warehouse. Uh, I had shelves and shelves of products, and, and I was in, in one of the rows putting some product away or whatever it was. And uh, they had big you know, uh, doors that opened up, big dock doors that opened up, and and I was doing my thing, and, and all of a sudden, people, there was a big commotion by the door. Somebody had walked in. So I stepped out of the aisle to see, what, or, you know, into the aisle to see what was going on, and, and I could see uh, this silhouette of somebody in the doorway. And uh, everyone was just, you know, there was, everyone was excited, and they were, you know, talking to this person, and, and uh, the person started walking down the aisle toward me <clears throat> and uh, pretty soon I recognized who it was and it was a famous it was a famous person and uh, they started talking to me and he said um, said here you know I, I wanted to I wanted to give this to you and uh, I said okay and he said you know matter what make sure that you always you know treat people right and take care of them you know it's kind of talking in the business sense um, and and this is this is what's going to happen, you know. And, and and he hands me the the envelope, and I said, okay, you know. And thank thank you very much, you know. This is for you. And so we started walking back down the aisle, and uh, thanked him again. And and on on his way he went. He'd laugh if I told you who it was, but I won't tell you who it is. I get to do that. He does it. All, he does. Yeah. No, I, I'll tell you later. So it doesn't matter. Not not important. Anyway. So I start walking back, and I, I open up the envelope, and I'm like, what the heck is this? And I open it up, and it's a $500,000 bill. And I, I don't even know if they make those, but it was really cool. I hope they do, but, you know, it, it was a $500,000 bill. It's a dream. It doesn't matter. Anything can happen in your dreams. And the, guy, and, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, get ready, because that is what's going to start happening because that's what's supposed to happen in the kingdom of heaven. So get ready because these crazy things, that's what, that's what God's going to... I have no idea where that money is going to come from, where how it's going to come, but there's, God owns everything. He owns everything, and the money is going to come. So everyone, take a deep breath. Good, okay. 
God's going to do it. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's pray and we'll receive the offering. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that you have it all under control. Lord God, we don't need to worry. We don't need to be concerned. God, all we need to do is follow you and listen and obey, and you'll do the rest. God, we can rest in that. We just need to take the step that you tell us to take. God, and you got the rest covered. We thank you for it. Pray that you bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Yes. We have a word from Jesse. He's got something. So, everything that's going on with the church, it's just... Hello? 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 Everything that's going on with the church is just lining up and awesome and taking my life in a whole other direction. And when Pastor John said, does God lie? You know, and the immediate response and, you know, and I, my immediate response is no, you know, just like he said. But how many times have I heard God, you know, and I, but I don't do my part. No, God doesn't lie, but we still have to do our part, right? So this couple weeks ago, my car breaks down. And so the changed me says, no, this is fine. God's going to bring another car my way. I'm going to do it debt free. I'm not. That's it. So my word, I'm car's coming my way. I'm doing it debt-free. Everything else that comes along with it. And so me and Heather are praying. We're, you know, I'm seeking. I'm looking online. I'm looking, looking, looking. I need to figure this out. I need to figure this out. And I hear Heather say really early in the week, gosh, we should put that on the prayer line. But then me and my just utter wisdom, why would we put that on the prayer line? You know, that's what, not what the prayer line's for. You know, I'll figure this out. We'll figure this out. And so time goes on, and everything's out of my price range. Everything I can get is junk. And I'm like, this is not what, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. And I'm praying and praying and praying and praying. And finally, I go to Heather. I'm like, we need to figure this out. We need to, oh, yeah, I was going to put that on the prayer line. And I was at the point, like, fine, whatever. Just put it on the prayer line, you know. So she puts it out there, and within an hour, we have two, you know, two people get back to us. The one, it was amazing, and the one is exactly what I wanted, which is pretty ridiculous. I should have had higher, you know. But, <laughs> you know, but in my heart, I knew exactly what I wanted. And it is more than what I could have ever hoped, dreamed, or asked. But it would have been solved two weeks ago, you know. And that's, that's where we got to start, like, all this change is coming. All these awesome things are coming. Are we listening and are we obeying? Like, I've been beating myself up for two weeks. Lord, this is, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. We're not, you know, we're not paying more money for it. We're not. And if I just would have listened, because the Holy Spirit jumped in me when I, when Heather said that. We should put it on the prayer chain. But I was like, I, why would I ask my extended family who, you know, we're all supposed to be relying on. Like, we have to get to a point where it's not about it's not about me anymore. It's not about my pride. It's about humbling ourselves. This twenty-four churches in ten years, like, there can be no pride. We're gonna need help. We're gonna have to. I mean, I know the Lord's calling me to just really step out of my comfort zone really step out of my comfort zone. And it's like, but I know through the word, I give you my peace. In John, John 14, 15, 16, 17. Read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Because it's all these promises. It's all, I mean, if we're just walking in those promises, his word is truth. It's truth. And when we walk in his promises, then it's up to him. When we obey, he just does it. All we have to do is say, you're, and listen, and just, we make it so much more, I make it so much more complicated than it really needs to be. And 
there are some awesome things coming, but when we hear, we need to obey. And when we do obey, I mean, what do we think? That God's going to put us in a spot that isn't just as good and just as fulfilling as where we've been? It's, it's his plan. It's, I mean, yes, it may be out of my comfort zone, but I guarantee I'm going to be blessed. I'm guaranteeing I'm blessing other people. And they're going out, you know, and sharing with others. And, you know, if God's involved, and we, when we let God do what he's supposed to do, it's going to be good, no matter what. No matter what.